What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, we thank you so much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these online digital services with your friends and family, and you even tell us in the comment sections that you share them, thank you so very much. People are tuning in from all over the place. And for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. It helps us love people and help people and serve people. Miss Kelly and her team had a really big food pantry just this past Thursday. It was a big success, all because of you and your generosity and her team and their hard work. Thank you so much for that. We had a block party a few weekends ago that Mr. Cody and Miss Jennifer put together, and it was awesome, all because of you and your generosity, and we thank them for that. And then another announcement that we want you to know is our next youth meeting, junior high and high school, will be Wednesday night, June the 22nd, in the auditorium at the church. It'll be game night and movie night. Come hang out with us. And for those of you that are still watching online and you're local, we want you to know that we are back live and in person. Our in-person services are back open house. And so if you would like to join us in person, come hang out with us. It's a great experience online. It's a completely different and it's a really cool experience in person, really safe. So come hang out with us if you want to. You know how kids sometimes when they're growing up and they're really little, they can hear certain phrases and they can hear certain words and they start to say them, but they don't really know what they mean, but they say them to try to act like they sound like they know what they mean or to act like they're older. Like one time my son Jagger, when he was just about two years old, I fed him a meal and he was eating and, uh, and he couldn't really talk all that well, but he could say some things. And I remember he didn't eat his vegetables. And I said, Jagger, you threw your broccoli away. Why'd you do that? And he goes, oh, dad, that broccoli is exhausting me. And I thought about that, man. Sometimes life can be exhausting. Sometimes life can be frustrating. And sometimes we like to ignore it. Today, we continue with our current series entitled Sleepwalker. And the purpose of this study and the purpose of this series is basically to answer one question. And this is what it is. What is it in your life right now that you're ignoring? You know that you need to deal with it. You know that you need to face it, but you keep casting it aside and pushing it aside. And you know that if you don't deal with it, you're gonna have some results in your life that you don't really want. This study is also about some of the storms and some of the solutions that we need to face and find in this life as we sleepwalk around those issues and ignore those issues in our life that we know that we need to deal with and that God is calling us to deal with. So in this series, when we talk about sleepwalking, we're always gonna refer back to these basic two definitions. The first one is this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. It's the word inevitable, and it means this. It means an outcome that you cannot avoid or evade. When something is inevitable, that means it's going to happen. You cannot avoid it, and you cannot evade it, this outcome. But when we talk about sleepwalking in this series, this is what we mean. It's the hesitation or the delay in dealing with what you know is inevitable if a change is not made in your life, I'll explain it to you in this way. If I'm driving down a railroad track and a big train is heading towards me in the opposite direction, if I don't make a change and get off of that railroad track, the inevitable will happen. I'm gonna die by being squished by that train. And so if I don't change my path, the inevitable will happen. But if I keep ignoring it and sleepwalking around it, it's gonna produce a result that I don't want. We do that in our life all the time. So when we talk about sleepwalking, this is what we mean. It's the putting off. It's the casting aside of dealing with things like maybe that difficult conversation that you know that you need to have and you know it'll put you in an uncomfortable situation, but you need to have it anyway and stop putting it off. It's when you stop putting off that pathway 
that this health problem is on, that pathway, this family, this relationship, this marriage, this financial, this problem with your faith is on. It's when you stop putting it off, when you stop casting it aside, it's when you stop ignoring it, when you take your head out of the sand, when you stop sleepwalking around this issue because you know if you keep sleepwalking around this issue and you don't make a change, the inevitable will happen and most of the time it's a result that you just don't want. But as people of faith, why should we deal with this? And we've talked about this every single week in this series. This is why, notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verses 14 through 16 in the Sermon on the Mount. He says this about his disciples, his followers, you and I. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In this very, very familiar passage, Jesus basically says this, that as people who know Jesus and love Jesus and serve Jesus and follow Jesus understand some times there is a visible difference about who we are compared with other people in this world and basically what that means is this we love different than the world loves we forgive different than the world forgives we accept differently than the world accepts we encourage differently than the world encourages but we also deal with our inner storms and our inner pain and our inner chaos and our inner issues in a healthy way and in a loving way in a gentle way and in a patient way and that usually doesn't make sense to this world it usually stands out next passage Ephesians chapter 5 verses 14 through 15 for the light makes everything visible this is why it is said awake O sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will give you light so be careful how you live don't live like fools but live like those who are wise and so right here the apostle says wake up Stop sleepwalking. Stop putting this issue aside. And this is how you do this. Live a life of wisdom. If you really want to find the will of God, always ask this question. It's really not all that mysterious. If you really want to know what God's will is, always ask this question when faced with a temptation, opportunity, choices, decisions. What's the wisest thing I can do? All throughout the Bible, wisdom was the will of God. What's the wisest thing I can do? I have to deal with this and stop sleepwalking around that because if I don't deal with it, the inevitable will happen. This is a wise way to live and this really doesn't make sense to the world. And then I started thinking about all those times in my life when I knew that I needed to deal with this or I needed to deal with that and I kept sleepwalking around the issue and I kept putting it off over and over and over again. And many times the inevitable, the worst case scenario would happen, a result that I didn't want. So in this series, I really want to talk to you about some very specific things that we should not put off dealing with any longer because if we do, the inevitable will happen in our life and we're going to end up in a place that we don't want to be. And so today, this is what I want to talk to you about specifically. Now, let me just say this. In our area right now, over the past two years, there's been a specific heaviness from pandemics, viruses, shutdowns, financial unrest, major hurricanes, two hurricanes, freezes, all these types of things. People are living in despair. 
so much despair, so much despair that a lot of times people are having a hard time finding an in to see a counselor or a therapist. And so over the next several months, many of the things that I will be teaching you from the scripture will be different things that many times therapists would help you deal with. And so we're going to take very specific truths from the scripture and relate them to issues that we would need therapy about in our life. So Sunday mornings, it's like free therapy from the scripture. So we hope this helps you today. And this is what I want to talk to you about specifically today. We have this pet cat that gets very easily distracted. After the hurricane, she walked up and she adopted us. We named her Gypsy. But every single morning and evening when I go out to feed Gypsy on the front porch, she's starving. And she'll be looking through the front window, staring, waiting for someone to bring her out some food. And when we open up the front door and bring her out some food, she just starts meowing because she's so hungry. And we put her food in the bowl and it never fails. She's so easily distracted. She will be walking with me or one of us towards her food bowl with the food in our hand because she knows we're about to put the food in the bowl. And we will bend down and put the food in her bowl. She will see the food in her bowl and she's starving. And then she will see something else out of the corner of her eye and she will go check it out. And then she will forget that we put food in her bowl. And then five minutes later, she's scratching on the window again because she's starving and she wants us to give her food but we already gave her food, but she got distracted. And so because she's distracted, she's still looking for food, but we already gave her food. She has food. She's just too distracted to see it. And you and I can be that way sometimes too, very easily distracted because, and remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you, we all crave two basic things in this life, and this is what they are, connection, and acceptance. We all have this hardwire craving in our soul for connection and acceptance, but the way we go about trying to find it many times can be that distraction. We are hardwired to crave connection and acceptance. This is why loneliness and rejection feel so exhausting and painful and heavy. We crave connection and acceptance from God, and we also crave connection and acceptance from every single room that we walk into in this life. And so this is the issue that we normally sleepwalk around that we don't need to ignore anymore, that we're dealing with specifically today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this. The way we try to get connection and acceptance is what usually kills connection and acceptance because we try to attain it through being perfect. It's like in this life, we can be on our way to this meal, this beautiful meal of connection and acceptance, and then we get distracted and we forget that it's there and we get distracted because we're trying to build this perfect image and appear like we have it all together. So when we talk about perfectionism today, this is what we mean. This is the definition. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Notice this. It's the pursuit of trying to present ourselves as perfectly having it all together. Now, we know that nothing and no one is perfect or ever will be perfect, yet we pour all of this energy, mainly today because of social media and how people see us and view us, and the problem is we do this so many times just trying to avoid rejection and trying to gain attention, connection, and acceptance. Well, this is usually one of the main things working inside of us that breaks down connection and acceptance in our life with God and with other people. Let me explain it to you in this way, and this is why we need to deal with this. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the world. Everyone, anyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. You believe. That's all you have to do. 1 John 4, 18 through 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. God loves you perfectly. You don't have to be afraid of him punishing you. He will correct us, but he's not gonna punish you because he loves you perfectly. And the reason why we fear is because we don't feel like we're lovable and we don't feel like God loves us perfectly or other people. And so understand that God loves you just the way you are and nothing you can do more is gonna make God love you more. 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we are to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus loved you so much, wanted to connect with you so much, accept you so much that he laid down his life for you. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. God saved and rescued and accepted and connected with us by his grace when we believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, our perfection. So no one can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us brand new in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us a long time ago. Now understand something very, very simple concerning connection and acceptance between you and God. Understand some things about God. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Number one, God is perfect and he loves you perfect. Number two, we are not perfect and we will never be perfect. Number three, God has mercy for us. That means he does not give us what we do deserve. Number four, God has grace for us. That means he actually gives us gifts that includes a brand new life to follow him that we never deserved. Number five, God loves you and God accepts you unconditionally. So believe all that and accept that into your heart. Now with God, here's how connection and acceptance works. If you think being perfect is gonna cost God to love you more and accept you more, then you will always live and feel guilty because you know you will always feel sharp because you will never be perfect. So that pursuit of trying to appear perfect and have it all together is what actually kills connection and acceptance between you and God because now you're not experiencing his unconditional love and accepting his unconditional love. You're simply trying to earn it and you can't earn it because you will always fall short and this is how you always feel guilty and you live with shame. And so you thinking you can earn connection and acceptance with God by appearing like you have it all together is the one thing that kills it. But the text also says this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. God also wants us to connect and accept with each other. But this is what will create constant episodes and feelings of rejection and loneliness in your life. And this is an issue that many people ignore and many people sleepwalk around. And so notice this today, thinking that we will gain approval and acceptance and connection and love by showing people and impressing people with how perfect we are. So this leads us to work really hard on one thing, but it's not the one thing that matters. And that's this. Notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. 
We work hard on our outward image instead of what really matters in our heart. So this is what usually happens. We get tied up in this grip of trying to pursue this outward image of perfection and having it all together. We want to show people who we want them to think we are instead of who we really are. Let me say that again so you can get it. We want to show people, and social media has trapped us into this, into who we want them to think we are instead of who we really are. And when this happens, notice this. If you're still with me, I'm still with you. We stay hyper-focused and hyper-guilty about avoiding failure when we know that we can't. And this is when the negative cycle continues in your life. And this is what brings feelings, intense, exhausting feelings of loneliness and rejection. And so remember this also still today. It's hard to experience a real authentic love, expecting others' affection and approval to be dependent on your flawless perfection or your perfectionism. It's true with God and it's true with each other. If you try to gain his connection and acceptance by trying to be perfect, you're going to kill it. And if you try to gain acceptance and connection with the people around you, you're going to kill it. We think this is going to protect us, appearing perfect, showing people we have it perfectly all together, but it always backfires on us because we keep sleepwalking around it, trying to gain approval with our image instead of what really matters, and that's our heart. And So remember this today. And I want you to say this after me if you can. A perfect image doesn't protect, it isolates. Let's do that again. A perfect image doesn't protect, it isolates. So what can bring us out of this isolation? And what opens up the door for connection and acceptance with God and connection and acceptance with other people? Probably our convictions and our instincts tell us what they are. We just really have a hard time doing it and putting it into practice because what grows connection and acceptance in our life is what actually grows connection and acceptance with God. Things like being open, openness, being authentic and genuine, being trustworthy, being forgiving and remorseful and gentle, being honest and being allowed to be honest. This is what connects us with God and this is what connects us with each other. So here's some things that can help break the cycle of only working on our image while not working on what really matters, our heart. And we have to do this so we can experience true connection and acceptance with God and with each other. Number one, and remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Apologizing without changing patterns doesn't help. So work on changing your patterns. Eventually, if you keep apologizing but never change your patterns, then your words just become words, and when this happens, they lose their meaning. And so don't just focus on saying the words. Focus on fixing your patterns. Number two, our job in life is not to make people think we have it all together. It's to pursue wisdom and maturity so we can better handle life's difficulties. I remember some of the worst advice I got one time, and it was just act like you have it all together until you finally do. That's not our job. Our job is not outward image control. Our job is to work on our heart so when the difficulties of life strike us, we're not just showing that we have it all together, but we're able to endure those storms. Number three, avoid the distraction of public opinion because you're always gonna try to build a public image. No one else has to live your life, so it doesn't matter. And then the last thing is this, number four, don't make image decisions, make character decisions. 
In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is speaking to some religious leaders who were working really hard just to work on their outside, their images, how spiritual they looked, how good they looked, how holy and godly they looked. Their image looked like it had it all together, but it was causing them to break connection with all the people around them and acceptance, and it was causing them to break connection and acceptance with God. At one point, Jesus tells them, it's like you have this dish, this bowl, and it's filthy everywhere, inside and out, but you only care how people see the outside, so you only clean the outside of the bowl. But if you look inside of the bowl, it's still filthy, but you're only cleaning the outside. And so then he said this, and notice this, he goes, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. So tell me, what does that really mean? Like what was Jesus talking about? Well, it's the exact same thing we've been talking about today about trying to gain approval through appearing like you have it perfectly all together because you don't want people to think this about you or that about you. And that's the one thing that you think will protect you, but it's the one thing that leaves you hurt and lonely. And so the last thing I want you to understand today is this. This is what Jesus was telling the religious leaders. Notice this. A perfect image does not protect. It isolates. So work hard on what matters, your heart. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.